What's up, everyone? It's John here at the top of the episode. I just need to inform everyone that this is, in fact, a tournament-style bracket situation, so every battle will lead to another battle. Um, these are single eliminations, so you'll see them once, at least in these first initial tournaments, and uh, yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, but for now, on with the show. Press play to start. This is a Dynamite Network podcast. Welcome to Console Combat, and it's time to hail to the kings, baby. Here are your hosts, John and Dean. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Console Combat Podcast. Uh, We are a weekly podcast from which you will learn who is the ultimate victor between two probably famous, but sometimes less than famous video game characters. I am John. I am one of your hosts. And with me, as probably always, is Dean. Hello. I exist. He exists, ladies and gentlemen. He is about as elusive as Santa Claus unless you work with him every day like I do, in which case... He is a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, except like with Santa Claus, I just hand out coal. Cold, hard facts about video game characters, ladies and gentlemen. He is a gentleman of all kinds, and I am going to let him tell you about what else we are going to do besides video game battles. Uh, We are going to give you some updates on releases on video games coming out uh, within the next week of each episode. Yep, we're going to be doing our Drop Zone, which is our weekly weekly release radar, uh, where we're going to talk about newly announced games as well as games that we'll be releasing in the following week. Uh, as well as during this podcast, we will be doing Choose Your Character, which is who is repping who, so which character we will be representing throughout the fight. Our Debug Mode, which is the backgrounds and abilities for each character. Our Stage Selection which is just where the characters are going to be fighting, uh, whether it be in a jungle environment, you know, Smash Bros, Stadium, or anything like that, wherever we feel like. Uh, Enter the Fray, which is our battle speculation. Uh, Hacking the game, which is how these characters fit well into each other's games, such as how would Mario fare in a Sonic, uh, and who we think the winner should be out of the simulation, whether it be... Uh, with the results or against the results. And then our final statements. Yes, of course, of course, of course. That's something you can look forward to every week from us. We will be presenting the games that have come out over the last week and over the following week. Um, we'll discuss anything that we've come across news-wise based on those games, whether it be reviews or uh, you know problems with the games. We'll try to give you information on the top few. We won't go down the biggest list because there's, in some situations, dozens of games that come out in a given period of time. So uh, we'll try to keep it brief in those situations. But um, if you're interested in more specifics about some games, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. Um, We will be uh, more than happy to discuss those games in more detail with you directly. And if you want us to talk about it as a segment on the show, please drop it in the comments and uh, potentially in the Spotify polls that we may or may not put up. Uh, We may also touch on any big gaming news, such as, um, for example, any acquisitions. So like, for example, Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard or even any console related news that may be coming out, um, such as Xbox, PlayStation, Uh, We might even go into like Steam Deck stuff, anything PC console related. Yep, yep, and I, I mean, we'll you know we'll talk about maybe you know depending on the circumstances, some of the higher end accessories that may come out for the consoles as well, special uh, you know, releases, the backbone coming out, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New new VR circumstances, whether they upgrade the the VR two or you know improve the microphones or the headphones for those systems. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you the big stuff. We'll make sure that it's juicy and full of good detail, especially coming up with the holidays because you know it is December now. And everyone's going to be making the big shops for Christmas soon, if not already. Most of the people are smart enough to go for Black Friday. But, you know, there are people like me who wait until December 24th to buy Christmas yeah, it's stuff. It's better than waiting until December 26th. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Although it could be a wow. big brain move. All your gift cards and everything you get at Christmas, you turn around the next day and go use that to buy gifts for other people. <laughs> Sorry I'm late, y'all. It was just a circumstantial timing problem. I had to work all day, every day for the last fucking five months. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. But since we uh, just talked about that whole news segment breakdown and whatnot, why don't we jump on in? All right, Dean, you know, I think Xbox sucks, so I'm going to go first with this. Uh, (laughs) Fuck Xbox. Uh, PlayStation's got coming out uh, from this recording. Uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, the day before... Turok 3 Shadow of Oblivion, The Walking Dead Destinies, Johan the Parhelion, or Johanne the Parhelion, Blaze in the Deep Blue, and Persona 5 Tactica. Um, I'm only familiar with really Call of Duty, Turok, Walking Dead, and Persona. I have a little bit of uh, a little bit of knowledge on maybe another one of these games. Probably not. They kind of like. I guess they ring bells, but not really. Maybe just they've passed my my uh, games for the shop on the PlayStation Network or something. Um, yeah, that's what's coming out uh, leading up to the release of this show on December 4th. So those of you who are listening to this in the future, uh, sorry for the old news, but uh, we'll double down. And now, <laughs> yeah, you'll live. <laughs> we'll double down and Xbox will get some uh, shout outs now, too. All right, so coming up on the Xbox release radar, uh, and this is via IGN, uh, we have Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name, released November 9th. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 as well on Xbox on November 10th. The day before, November 10th as well. Turok 3, Shadow of Oblivion, November 14th. The Walking Dead Destinies on November 14th as well. Johanne the Paralyan Paralyan uh, Blaze in the Deep Blue, that's releasing on November 16th. Persona 5 Tactica on November 17th, as well as Steam World Build releasing on December 1st. And in other Xbox news, in case you have not heard, the Xbox Series X may be Microsoft's last console with a disk drive. So if you enjoy your physical media, your days might be numbered. Some of the leaked documents in the court case uh, pertaining to the uh, Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition have done some leaks on future consoles and there's a lot of talk saying that there may not be a disk drive going forward Uh, which the writing has been on the wall with Microsoft for a while given the fact that they've been so heavily pushing digital consoles and digital sales as well as the fact that most of the physical media you get do not contain a full version of the game uh, you are still required to download the content from the internet when you put the disc in when installing the game. Uh, such as with Halo Infinite, there's only like 20 gigabytes of data on the drive or on the disc, and you still need to download the content. So the writing's been on the wall for a while. Um, how far Sony is with that, we'll have to just see. Yeah, I mean, Sony's taken a big step into digital marketing, it seems, too. They have with the release of the uh, the combined PlayStation Now and the PlayStation Plus, that was a big step in the direction of trying to go heavily into the digital marketing aspect and the digital gaming aspect because those catalogs are vast. Yeah, it's I mean, the same with Xbox's Game Pass and especially with that being available on yeah. PC. And I believe PS Now is on PC as well, right? Yes, I've heard yeah. that. Uh, I, I think the service on PlayStation has been a little bit lacking compared to what Microsoft's been doing with uh, Game Pass, but they're, they're getting there, and I know there's big updates coming uh, for PS Now in the future, or in the near future. Well, it's not PS Now anymore, I don't think. Oh, no, yeah, you know, is it? Is it? There's a PS Plus Premium there's, or something, so or PS Plus Plus there's Plus. There's three tiers for the... Some stupid Yeah, name. there's a three-tier system for the uh, PlayStation Plus it's uh, PlayStation Plus Essential, Premium, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head right now. Uh, PlayStation Plus. Yeah, because I know I think the highest tier to that they have for that is the only one where you can play PlayStation Classics, like PS1, PS2 games, uh, through emulation or streaming, depending on how they're running the service. Uh, on the PS5. Yeah, and I mean, I I still use it. I still have it. I I've elected to go annual every year uh, for the last two years because a, obviously cost efficiency. But I never go with the higher 
uh, tiers. Okay, so it's essential, extra, and premium are the three tiers. Um, I, I only go with the basic tier. It's not that I don't want to go for the higher tiers, but the cost is high. It is. Um, yeah. and, and that's not to say that it's not worth it because you get a fuck ton of content. You but do. It is. Yeah, it's the same thing with it, Game it Pass. Is, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and granted, I mean, the hardcore super fans, which I do put myself in the category of, despite the fact that I don't have it, there's no no lack of nostalgia for gaming. Like the games that you can play, PS one games, PS two games, PS three games, all of them are available on the on the. Um... No, not all of them. There is a select select uh, amount of titles. There's a selection of all tiers of all all systems is what I mean. I don't I don't mean all games are available because it's definitely not all games. They don't have rights yeah, a to lot a lot of a lot of the issues now. with the uh, bringing back the older games is just uh, licensing mainly with music, is especially in like older like say uh, the Tony Hawk games for example. Uh, they use a lot of licensed music, so trying to bring those back now is a little bit more difficult just because of the music licensing. Yeah, and I mean I played the the remake, which the remakes were great, but you definitely could tell there was a different soundtrack because. A lot of it wasn't the same. Yeah, it's always fun whenever corporate licensing bullshit gets in the way of fun. That's why I'm I'm a big advocate for having the physical media for games. Like I've been actually going on eBay and buying ba- a backlog of older console games on disc just so I have them because you know the days are numbered. You're not going to be able to get them very often anymore, and if you do find them, they're going to be expensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, emulation does exist. But, but it's not the same. It's, no, it's not the same. And e- even then, like with the newer consoles, like there's some games, like for example, PT. You can't, you know, it, it comes back to game preservation. You cannot play that game, even though it was a demo. It's just because of the falling out between Kojima and uh, Konami. Mm-hmm. Like people love that PT demo. You can't play it. You can buy a PS4 that has it on there on eBay, but you're looking at at least a thousand dollars. Yeah, and I mean that's that's just because it's a novelty item at this point. People want to collect the uncollectible. Yes, and you know with game preservation, it's becoming harder and harder to do because all these companies are either no longer supporting, no longer selling, and you just can't get access to these games. And so that's part of the reason why emulation has become really important, but. You know the newer generation consoles like uh, 360, uh, PS3, even now going into PS4 and uh, Xbox One, it's not anywhere near playable yet. It's still being worked towards, but because of all the DRM stuff, it's just making it harder and harder for these people who are working on the simulation, which don't do it as a job. Like, if any money is made from it, it's through donations. So there's no real incentive to do it besides own passion projects. Now, you just mentioned the Kojima-Konami thing uh, with uh, PT. That reminded me of it. Like, it somehow managed to just stir a core memory in me for a game that never got released that I was looking forward to when it got announced. And I was super, super young because it was announced in... Shit, I can't even see the year that it was announced, but it's an old game. I wonder if you remember it. Thrill Kill? I feel like I really... I recognize that name. It was one of the first games to be given the adults-only rating by the ESRB. Oh, okay. So I wonder for if how, that for how violent it was. Yeah, I wonder if that adult-only uh, rating is what kind of prevented it from coming out. It, it, that's exactly what it was. Because uh, I mean, most stores are refusing to sell AO games, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, this, it was and this was probably done. before <laughs> online marketplaces were a big thing where you could just order it online. Yeah, well, it's a practically finished version of the game. It does exist online. So. Oh, okay. So you could probably run it on an emulator if you wanted to find it. For sure. I mean, there's even screen grabs of it on there. But that aside, it still does unfortunately hinder the the entire industry of video games when there's licensing issues or creative differences like it it people often overlook the video game industry for the same things that often affect high budget movies like um any marvel movie can be a good example recently uh, there's been so many direction changes same thing with tv just to jump into the daredevil universe really quick they just completely fired everybody that was working on the the um the film crew for 
Daredevil, the, the television show Born Again. Oh, wow. um, obviously, the cast has stayed, but they, they hired a showrunner. They hired new directors. They hired new writers. The show was like nine episodes in or something like seven or nine episodes in having been done. And Marvel stepped in. They looked at it and they were like, nope. And they gutted it. <clears throat> yep. That sounds so, like a Disney move. But at the same time, they gutted it and replaced the people that were in charge with people who were in charge of the Netflix series. Ah. Uh. Which, I mean, after the video I showed you last night, or I had you look at last night, comprehensively speaking, that is not a Disney move. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. But I mean, I mean corporate-wise, corporate decision-wise, that's definitely a Disney move. Oh, it's a, it's a money move for sure. But it's worth it. <laughs> But let's not step onto that. Um, so yeah, we've gone that's the way drop off zone, track. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's the drop zone, guys. Uh, we're going to do this every week. Uh, so hopefully, there's something you would like to hear about. If you uh, if you want to recommend a game to us, either of us will try to get around to playing it. We both work busy uh, busy schedules, and uh, it's, it's already something of a task to get together for stuff like this. But we're making it work because we have a passion for video games. Um, but again, write us on socials, email us, do whatever. If you have a game suggestion, if you want to talk about a game, if you have a game that you'd like us to talk about, uh, just hit us up. Um, but uh, with that out of the way, I think it's time to determine who is repping who this week. Ooh, and, the spiciness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, it's time to choose your characters. All right, it's time to get into this, Dean. Uh, so, for episode one, who are you going to be using? Huh, that's a good question. I think we're going to go ahead and assume I'm going with Laura Croft from the Tomb Raider franchise. Uh, for, for anyone in curiosity, we're going to definitely be using the modern Laura Croft. Yeah, we're going to be referencing the newer Laura Croft, um, not the one that's kind of based on the Angelina Jolie uh, model from was like Tomb Raider Underworld. And I think there might have been another one with that one. Um, yeah, we're, 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 we're going beyond the square graphics and beyond the Jolies. Yeah, uh, so we're doing Laura Croft from, you know, like Tomb Raider, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, the, those specific series. Yeah, uh, the newest trilogy. And against Lara, I am bringing to the stage Nathan Drake of the Uncharted series. Uh, I think we have a good fight in front of us between two uh, treasure hunting badasses, uh, both of them weapon wielders, both of them fairly advanced in their their general fields, I think. Archaeology and things yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their, their, their reputations always precede them wherever they go. Um, and I think this is going to be a good fight. Although I do feel bad because I'm going to have to smack a bitch. Hmm. You say so. We'll see. Yeah. Well, before we go into the fight, we're going to do what we call debug mode. It's time to enter the code for debug mode. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. For Nathan Drake, uh, he obviously is the lead in several Uncharted games. Drake is a professional treasure hunter known for his quick wit, immense luck, and deep knowledge of history. Born as Nathan Morgan, he was the second son of American archaeologist Cassandra Morgan and her husband. His older brother, Samuel Morgan, was five years his senior. When Nathan was just four years old, his mother tragically passed away due to an undisclosed illness. Following her death, their father surrendered the boys to the state, and they were placed in St. Francis's Boys' Home, a Catholic orphanage. Growing up in the orphanage, Nathan developed a keen interest in books and was taught Latin by the nuns. He also learned free running and climbing from his brother, Sam. After Sam was expelled from the orphanage due to criminal activities, he took a job to support both himself and Nathan. Brothers eventually left the orphanage, changed their last names to Drake, and embarked on a life of treasure hunting. Drake possesses several pretty impressive and diverse abilities. He possesses, apparently, superhuman strength, demonstrated by him pushing a helicopter out of a boat with his bare hands. Um, despite lacking any formal fighting skills, his brawling style has allowed him to defeat every kind of mercenary that's crossed his path, 
probably mostly attributed to his will and luck. He's also very proficient with grenades, explosives, and heavy machine guns. His greatest abilities, however, are in fact his indomitable will and extraordinary luck, which have seen him survive numerous impossible situations. In terms of weaponry, Drake typically carries a Makarov PM as his primary sidearm, although he switches to the Beretta 92FS later in the game. He also keeps a case of four pistols on his boat, so for the sake of this fight, he will be carrying his PM 9mm that is pretty much his standard weapon for Drake's Fortune and Golden Abyss. It's a reliable gun with good accuracy, low recoil, and high reload speed. And that is Nathan Drake. So does he have a lot of enemies? Like a lot of enemies? Does he have a lot of people trying to drain him of his energy? Oh, it's Drake. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't I, listen to Drake. I don't like Drake's music. I just know that. <laughs> I know. I keep bringing that up just to mess with him, and uh, it's it's been uh, pretty humorous. This is the first time I confused him for a second. <laughs> it took a second for me to pick it up. But the, 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 the <laughs> All right, now let's get into the background of Laura Croft. Uh, Laura is from Wimbledon, London. Uh, she was a resident of Croft Manor with her wealthy parents, uh, Lady Amelia Croft and Lord Croft. Uh, she was given every advantage as a young woman and received private tutoring before attending boarding and finishing schools. She inherited her parents' estate after their strange disappearances, but she didn't stay there for very long. She gets antsy if she's not traveling or spelunking through caves. She was never one for the British upper class aristocracy. Fuck, I can never say that. She was never one for the British upper class aristocracy, much to the shame of her parents. I don't remember John Voight ever being ashamed. No, well, again, that that's the movies. We're talking about a different franchise. <laughs> I know, I'm being a smartass. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Uh, Laura is an archaeologist at a Tomb Raider. She is an adventurous archaeologist who specializes in digging through the world's most dangerous and ancient secret ruins of the world. Uh, she's very interested in archaeology, ancient history, horseback riding, archery, and rock climbing. She loves anything that lets her test her athleticism as well as her intellectual capabilities. As she puts it, I do my best thinking, plunging off of cliffs. Laura is intelligent, strong, fearless, and independent. Despite her pampered background, she's tough as nails and displays an almost unmatched will to live. She thrives when she's alone and adventuring, though these tendencies do put her in serious risk. She's still young, although her experiences seem poised to harden her, transforming the innocent and academically-minded Laura into one of the world's premier warriors and archaeologists. Laura is proficient in a number of weapons and has had significant training in using them. For example, she's proficient in not only archery, but pretty much any firearm she can get her hands on, whether it be a shotgun, pistol, rifle, anything. Her one weapon that she's going to be bringing with her into this fight is going to be her makeshift longbow that she crafted on the Yamtai Island. Sounds pretty weak. We shall see. Gentlemen. Select a stage. So, because I went first with the backgrounds and abilities, I'm going to let you select a stage. So, I'm thinking a bit of a, not a specific place, more of like a generic stage. Um, I'm thinking what will be good for these two archaeologists slash like cave delvers, sp spelunkers, that's spelunkers, the word. Spelunkers, yes. Um, would be probably an ancient Mayan temple like Ooh. one of those types of arenas, some old ancient Mayan ruins. So nice jungle aesthetic. Um, there might be some uh, like remnants pillars of buildings. Yeah. Pillars. Um, definitely some, you know, think of jungle vines hanging around up top, uh, you know, knocked over pieces of stone, things like that. So if you've played any of these games with like a Mayan, ancient Mayan tomb. I think, I think in Tomb Raider Underworld specifically, there's an area like that. Um, that's the kind of aesthetic that I'm thinking for this fight. Yeah. I mean, that would make perfect sense for the two of them to meet in a place like that. <clears throat> It'd be like, they're both um, seeking an artifact of some kind or something exactly. to that effect. Yeah. I, I dig that. Some I dig that golden monkey head or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
We'll find out what it is when they find it, if they find it, if they survive. You know what I'm thinking about now that you've kind of painted the picture a little bit? It sounds like um, a scene from the Pitfall game. Never played it. Never heard of it. The original Pitfall game was a side scroller where you basically just crossed like pits on vines and jumped like over alligators and shit. It's a very, very dumbed down version of what you just described. But for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I've played a game like that. Actually, no, I think I might have actually played this. Yeah. Pitfall is yeah. one of the classic NES games that everyone can reference. And you can kind of get the aesthetic of what we're looking at with uh, with the Pitfall game. There is a modern take on it that I think is much more um, Unreal Engine-y. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like the... I think that's the good way to describe it, like a rainforest with a Mayan Aztec kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's got the visual now. Players enter the battlefield. This is the battle speculation. The speculation has no impact on my results. However... For the purposes of allowing this to be visualized by our listening audience, the hosts will announce how one of the 1,000 simulated fights might pan out. The weapons that spawn throughout the fight, as well as the environment in which they are present, are not factored into the simulations, but it further adds to the image we hope to present. So, Nathan Drake and Lara Croft arrive separately to this Mayan ruin rainforesty field. They spot each other and probably both have the same thought. Who the hell is this and what are they doing here? Who goes first? Hmm. I feel like uh, I feel like Drake would make the first move here. I think. Okay. So I think spotting Lara from a distance, he would most likely try to assess the situation. I don't take him for the kind of guy who is the aggressive type towards women. But he also knows that he's here for a treasure, uh, a collectible item, and he knows that he's going to have competition. So he assumes that she might be just a random female treasure hunter that poses no threat to him because he's a big masculine man. So yeah, he's going to walk up to her and he's going to be like, "Uh, I'm sorry, young lady. Are you lost? Uh, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> uh, yeah, Laura's probably going to assume uh, that Drake here has already uh, found whatever artifact they're looking for huh. uh, and is probably going to be like, well, you know why I'm here. And uh, I kind of want that. And I feel like that's what's going to start off the aggression is the, you know, I think Drake's going to get confused and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But of course, that's just going to make Laura suspicious. Be like, yeah, okay, buddy. Hand it over. Come on, let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that's a, I think that's a good reaction. I think that he uh, would probably be taken aback by her response. And then he might also notice that she's got a bow on her back as well as a quiver. So he's probably going to say, oh, shit. And he's probably going to take a quick jump behind a tree and say, listen, lady, I don't want to fight with you, but this is mine. And he's going to slight that he actually has the artifact, but he very clearly doesn't. Yeah, probably as a ploy to, like, figure out what it is she's actually there looking for. Kind of like a uh, info baiting kind yeah. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think at that point... Laura is just gonna attempt to engage, uh, maybe fire like a warning arrow at his feet in front of him, hmm. just to, you know, make her point across that she's not there <laughs> to play games. Like <laughs> she's she wants that uh, item, whatever uh, we're calling it. Insert artifact name here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she wants that artifact, and yes. she's she's determined to get it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Drake's not going to react very well to the to the arrow at his feet. He's probably going to say, oh, oh shit, she means business. And he's going to pop out his nine, and he's going to cock it in a way that she can hear it. So he gives her the benefit of saying, I've got a gun, you've got a bow and arrow, before he, pop, pop it, before he pops off a warning shot. I don't think that's really going to deter uh, Laura very much. She's probably going to try and maneuver her way around to find a better vantage point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think her first thought, it, it not 
to be lethal with the bow, but more maybe to try and knock the weapon out of his hand. Okay. Yeah, because Laura, she's not bloodthirsty. She doesn't want to just straight up kill Drake. He just wants to, you know, disarm him, uh, neutralize him to the point where she can get the artifact from him and be on her merry way. Okay. All right, so he's going to look over his shoulder because nothing has come from the warning shot. He hasn't heard a sound. Uh, Very much knowing that there's a person with a bow and arrow on the other side of him, he would think she would probably show some fear and scream or something. But he looks around. Laura's used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, He looks over his shoulder and there's nothing there. She's gone. So he starts to look around and I'm thinking that maybe she was a little careless when she stepped away and maybe a broken branch kind of triggered him to the direction of where she was at. Probably. There's vines everywhere, so... A blue light appears in front of Drake, and out appears Corvo's crossbow from the Dishonored games. So now Drake has entered the game with uh, a level playing field almost. He's not shooting bullets at her anymore. Now he's got an actual crossbow. So he starts to follow her or at least he assumes follow her into the woods where she seemed to have traversed because of the broken branch that he noticed with the crossbow bared, ready to shoot. Laura is going to get herself a nice little vantage point up up on uh, some fallen debris from an ancient building, kind of like like a 90 degree from where Drake is looking Mm -hmm. and uh, is going to take a shot and shoot that crossbow out of his hand. Okay, and he's definitely not going to see that coming because he thinks she. He's pretty confident that he knows where she's at because of the evidence that he's been using to follow. Uh, so when he gets struck, he gets struck, and it doesn't just push the uh, crossbow out of his hand. It actually stuns his hand a little bit. So Ooh, he, because nice. you know he was definitely not expecting it, and there's no way that he heard it before it actually hit him because the the bow and arrow. There's no way. It's just so quiet. Um, yeah. So he's definitely... And even, even and I've been around bow and arrows. Even if there is one coming at you, like you're not going to know it. exactly the direction. Yeah, there's no sound. It's definitely a quiet weapon. So yeah, he's definitely going to get, you know, he's going to react. His hand's not cut, but it is stunned because it did hit the bow in such, or the, yeah, the crossbow in such a way that it, you know, made him stunned. So he now looks up and sees Lara and... Fortunately for him, the hand that he had the crossbow on was not his dominant hand because he already had his gun in his hand. So from the direction the arrow came, he is going to shoot up a couple shots at Laura. And of course, Laura is going to dive out of the way, probably retreat backwards uh, so that the stone that she's standing on kind of acts as a uh, shield in between the two of them. (laughs) And as Laura attempts to reposition herself, because now it's kind of turned into like a cat and mouse game, where mm-hmm. Laura, because Laura knows he's got a firearm, that's um, basically a, a hunter's type situation where she's like stalking him and taking pot shots. Yeah. Yeah. And she's probably smart enough to know how many bullets he's got too, because she knows where weapons. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But she doesn't know whether or not he's got another clip. So we'll cross That's that true. one. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Speaking of bridges, uh, Nathan Drake comes across a bridge for which he can see that there is an access to the area of which Lara is at. Now that he knows where she might have fallen, because he did see her, he did see her jump away. Uh, he starts making his way up the ruin to find her. Uh, I'm going to assume that because she dove off of her perch. She didn't go and land completely unfazed, so I'm gonna Probably assume. Not, no. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that she might have like tweaked something, and she has to rest it for a second. So she she's gonna be not immobilized, but she's going to be just stunned for a second. Yeah, she's gonna be stationary yeah. for a moment, and that's gonna give Drake enough time to catch up to her. Uh, and he's gonna assume that she's more hurt than she actually is because again he's a piece of shit <laughs> um, and so he's gonna he's gonna holster his gun uh, I don't want to shoot a woman when she's down and then he's gonna walk over to her and I think 
He's going to kick her in the leg because he doesn't want to hurt her too much, but he kind of wants to stop her from coming at him. So he's going to give her a good kick in the in the leg just to kind of give her... You were going to say kick in the nuts, weren't you? I heard no, that coming. You were no, gonna I, gonna say, say, I, I heard, heard it coming. <laughs> I was, I was gonna, no, no, I was going to say knee <laughs> because that would be so, <laughs> so fucked up if he kicked her in the knee, but I don't think he would do that. Uh, so no, he's going to give her a good solid kick to the thigh and uh, hope that it does enough pain or inflicts enough pain rather to cause her not to be able to follow and then he's gonna say by the way don't actually have that artifact so he's gonna he's gonna believe that he's got the advantage over her now and he's gonna walk away and in front of Lara bonds this blue light which out from the blue light in front of Lara Croft Kung Lao's hat has arrived Ooh, well She's definitely not going to know exactly what it is. She's going to notice that it's a hat. But she's going to pick it up and look at it. And first of all, confused, like, why is there just things randomly spawning in front of me? Uh, but she's going to inspect it and go, wait a minute. This hat has a blade all the way around the edge. She goes, okay. So she's going to go ahead and make that as... Uh, because Drake has his, uh, his back turned, essentially. So yeah, she's just got to... He absolutely does. Uh, He's gonna. Laura is gonna throw it in a low throw and basically aim for the ankles. Oh. And that's, yeah, that's gonna. I I wouldn't say that it would cut the Achilles, but it's definitely gonna injure his ankle. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna injure it all right. Uh, I'm not gonna say that she's proficient enough with his his hat to throw it in such a way that would do a serious amount of damage where he would be like crippled in some capacity. Yeah. But no, it is all. definitely going to gouge his ankle just a good chunk, and he's going to fall. He's not He's not going to be able to do too much after that. It, it is definitely going to hurt. So he's going to turn around and say, oh, actually, he's not going to say shit. He's just going to be in pain. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you would be too. Yeah, so, yeah, he would. So he's now he's lying on the ground. Um, he definitely can't do much in the way of defending himself in this position because of how bad the cut could have been. And I think he still thinks it's worse than it is. And it's also more of a bleeding out risk than anything. Yeah, well, depending on how deep the cut is. Um, but he, he knows that he can't do much with that gash on his leg open causing that kind of a pain and bleed. He's going to be smart enough to make the decision to rip one of the sleeves off his shirt and at least use that to stop the bleeding even slightly. Yeah, uh, so he's going to create a, a, a slight tourniquet with his, his uh, ripped off shirt sleeve. And then he's going to grab that hat and throw it back at Lars oh. <laughs> in spite. So it's a boomerang now, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it didn't she's not proficient enough with it to throw it in a way that would have gotten far um, so I'm going to say that, yeah, she, it, it didn't go too far enough past him where he couldn't throw it back. Yeah. Um, but it, it only just barely nicks her. I wouldn't even say it gets her in a more dangerous or harmful way than it got him because he's still kind of on the ouchy ouch. So he yeah. kind of just... <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking probably what, what it did was it nicked her arm. Yeah. And that's going to kind of impede her ability to be able to use her bow. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you kind of need both arms to use a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter which arm. We'll say the left, uh, yeah. which is her, her drawing arm. Yep. Yep. But because she, Drake has said that he doesn't have the artifact, now her goal is going to be just advancing forward inside the temple to try and claim the artifact uh, but in doing so she is going to have to go past Drake mm-hmm. because he's towards the entrance of the of the temple itself okay she going to kick him in while she's while he's down too maybe a little smack in the face you know Ooh. just so like or, or maybe just uh, <laughs> uh, because she is still a woman she's classy she grew up in the British class uh, maybe she'll just uh, go by and like rustle his hair you know <laughs> like you know like better luck next time champ you know that type of deal oh he's gonna hate that so much <laughs> he's gonna hate that so so much oh yeah uh so after the hair tussle uh drake's not thrilled he's putting on his frustration he and 
from the blue light, a little grenade popped up, and he had it, and it says smoke grenade. So now that he's got himself a little handy dandy weapon uh, of some capacity, it's not very much of a weapon compared to the one in the defensive weapon. Yeah, for sure, or at least something to cause a distraction. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He's gonna now that he's got the tourniquet together. He feels the ability to walk is within him, so he stands up. It is a little limpy and a little gimpy, but he can make it. So he starts to fall or grumbling under his breath about how he can't believe that she would just tussle his hair like he was some kind of child. Um, and then walk towards her as quietly as he can, but still obviously kind of dragging that foot. So he's not walking quietly enough, and she is probably going to notice him. But oh yeah, before she actually notices him, because he realized he was being a little noisy, he pulled the, cl- the, uh, the pin on that grenade. And as she turns around, he comes flying directly at her, probably punching her in the head. Uh, because he's just Rude. so uh, he was so mad. <laughs> Don't touch my hair. <laughs> my mother used to do that. No, it's, it's personal, bitch. <laughs> no, uh, so, so the grenade hits her in the head. She's obviously, you know, a little bit dazed by that. And then between the double vision, everything starts to get blurry, and it's not just her going blurry. It's in fact the smoke grenade that's spawned in her face. Uh, and she's now blinded by the uh, smoke. So yeah, now that he's uh, she's been blinded by the smoke grenade, he is going to pull his gun back out of his holster and take a couple shots in the lower area of where she was standing. Um, mm. Aiming for the kneecaps, huh? A little bit lower. He's not that much. Well, to be fair, he's just aiming low at smoke um, in, a, in a direction of which that he knew she was. So I'm going to say that because of his luck... He does have this really severely inexplicable luck. Uh, one of those shots is going to, in fact, nick her on a knee, but just on the side of it, mm. enough to make her fall to a knee. And he's going to hear her scream, and he's going to okay. walk in her direction. And I think, yeah, I think he's going to walk in her direction. Okay. Uh, well, now Laura is partially incapacitated. Um, she does still have so she now has a, a knee and an arm injured from being shot at uh, but she is a skilled marksman with a bow so she also knows how to work around those um, handicaps so she's actually going to take a shot at where the f- Drake was uh, based on where he was shooting by putting the handle of the bow on her foot and then drawing back the arrow with her good arm. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I can see that. I can see that. And I'm sure she can do it too. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's going to take a shot at him like that. And, uh, you know, because if, if Drake's walking in a straight line towards her, even through the smoke, which is probably starting to dissipate at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that that's going to be a decent hit, and it's probably going to hit him in the shoulder. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I could roll a d20 for the probability of that if you want. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that because he's not expecting her to be able to do that shot. That's true. I'm going to roll a d20 anyway just to see what the odds of that would be. Uh, eight. Okay. You were missed, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Good thing I didn't let you have that one. Right. Right. So, oh my god, yas. yas. And speaking of yas, another item spawned. And I think, yeah, I think this item spawns on an altar above them. Okay. As if to indicate that that's what they were going for the whole time. So the weapon that spawned up there is the Vampire Killer from Castlevania. The Vampire Killer Whip. Yeah, okay. Ah, oh, very Indiana Jonesy. <laughs> very cliche. Yeah, a little bit. But that's okay. It's, it kind of fits the, the aesthetic that we're going for here. So this somehow shining black whip is now all just floating above the altar and Drake with his arrow now in his shoulder, is enamored by it in such a way that he can't even feel the pain. Um, his, his indomitable will is now taking effect. He feels none of the pain in his leg or his shoulder, and he starts to make haste, running right past Laura to go to that whip. Okay. Uh, so Laura is going to kind of have the same th- thing happen, that like shot of adrenaline. Uh-huh. Uh, will kick in and give her the opportunity to follow him, so it's going to be kind of like a neck and neck chase mm-hmm. and of course they're both 
good at climbing, so they're both going to climb up towards this altar and uh, going to get there. I think what's going to happen is Laura will grab her bow and hook the thing around Drake's neck, <laughs> just not to strangle him, but just pull him back and okay. kind of knock him back a peg, climbing the altar. Okay. And uh, Laura's going to be able to grab the whip. And as Drake makes his way up to the top, I think what she'll do is try to incapacitate him by hitting him with the whip, but in a way where it wraps around him and basically, like, tights his arms together. Okay, and, like, like a Yeah, and, and it just restrains him, so he's kind of stuck there. Now he's just standing on top of this altar with a whip wrapped around him. <laughs> like, uh... Wait a minute here. <laughs> okay. So you think that Laura would win and get to the whip first and restrain Drake? Yeah. Okay. Just just enough, like I said in the beginning, just he, she, her goal is just to neutralize. Yeah, not, not, to, not to take him out per se. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, I disagree. I think Drake gets up there first because he had the head start. Um, he's got a little bit of, I would, I would think he's got strength. Um, which would get him up there quicker. Uh, she might be nimble. She might be smaller. But I think between his overall strength and his fairly dexterous nature, I feel like he'd be able to get up the rocks at a reasonable speed. And I don't think she'd be able to catch him. Um, but I do think that if he did start to feel that she was too close, he would give her, not a kick, but he would you know push his foot down on her shoulder to stop her and almost use her as a boost at the same time. That would be difficult for him, though, because to do that, if he's mid-climb, which foot is he using to push? Is it the one that's injured from the from the hat? Or so, the ha- so his is left the other foot, one? his left foot, yeah. he can dangle. I'm, I'm going to say he can dangle long enough to give a push off of her, hmm. and she's probably strong enough not to fall. So I don't know. I think with that foot injury, that's going to be a little bit difficult. I'm going to say that his indomitable will makes him much more capable. Is my is my argument for that? Don't doubt the agility of Laura, though. That's that's fair. But again, that's why I think he puts his foot on her shoulder to push off of her and not to knock her down, but to push off of her and set her back a peg while he gets to the rope uh, to the whip. And I think that because he was able to get to the whip first, he doesn't try to restrain her, but he instead takes the whip and swings it down at her and tries to not try. I'm going to say he does. I'm going to say that he swings the whip down at her and wraps it around her leg, causing her to fall because he pulls on it. It still doesn't let her go, and he lowers her down, pulls the whip back and says... Better luck next time, kid. And I think that's how he wins this fight. Okay. Well, I think you're wrong. Uh, but I guess we will just need to uh, see what Cortex says about this uh, whole situation. Yeah. I think that we just found ourselves in a very less than physical fight between two people looking for an artifact. And I think it came out pretty good. I think we did a pretty good job with that yeah, one. I think so. So uh, while we let Cortex run those numbers, uh, because we do know that those speculations are only speculations. They're not the actual uh, definitive and defining result. Correct. Let's jump into hacking the game. Okay, gentlemen, before I give you the results, how do you think these two would fare in each other's games? And... Do you think they would make a good team in either of the games? So, yeah, we're going to call our next segment Hacking the Game. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to try to figure out whether the characters we just put against each other would fit well in the other's games and uh, if they would do well as a team in each other's games. So because I picked the character, uh, sorry, I did the bio first and you did the stage first, I think I will so go first with my thoughts here and i do think drake would fit well in the tomb raider games between his ability to adapt to his situations and his luck and his will plus i think the overall desire to be a treasure hunter in some capacity i think that bodes well for him in her games and i would even say that it would go the other way equally though i feel like he would fit more in her games than she would in his games because of the fact that there is like a quasi love interest for him and that person is clearly into him (laughs) so um they would have to do some changes to the story to make that fit but i don't think it would be a terrible change and i don't think it would be bad um but it wouldn't fit as smoothly as i think drake would in tomb raider i mean i could see that i i do think that laura would fit well in the uncharted series 
um, because that having played both, um, there's definitely similarities. Um, so it, it would kind of be, and both of these characters can adapt very well to what's going on. So I feel like it's kind of interchangeable. Um, the love interest thing, I really don't think is that big of a deal. Um, I mean, they could be lesbians or they could just gender swap to love interest. Yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't really matter. Um, that that's an easy thing to work around. I also don't know um, her role in the game. So neither do I. Um, I don't think because I've only played the first one. Um, I would like to play the rest, but just time. But I, I both of them deal with either rival archaeologists or groups of mercenaries. It's very interchangeable. So yeah. I think they would work pretty well. Um, and I definitely do think that they would work good as a duo. Uh, I feel like Nathan's ego would be a bit of a, you know, an abrasive thing in their relationship. But other than that, I feel like it would work well. And if anything, that would kind of come to like fun banter between the two. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I do think the, I agree that they would make a very good team. I feel like the abilities and capabilities uh, that both of them have and bring to the table would really benefit each other in a, in a pinch and mm -hmm. in a situation where they both need to find a way to solve a problem. I feel like the, the combined uh, intelligence between the two of them, both from experience and actual general knowledge would serve them well. Oh yeah. And I feel like it could even be beneficial gameplay wise. Um, if you, did you ever play resident evil five? That's the one where they went a little divergent, right? Uh, it's the one where it's the co-op. I I played it. Is that the one where you you start the you start the campaign and then like you end up like in an alleyway and you pick a you pick a character or something like that? No, no, no. yeah, six? you're thinking of six. Okay. That's six. So five was um, it was co-op and there was the male protagonists. I can't remember their names, but it was the male and the female, and they each had their strengths, but. Uh, you had to coordinate like uh, certain things. So like the male character would help uh, like push up the female one onto a higher ledge or something. Okay. And she would explore that area and like flip a switch so that he could go through a door or whatever. Or okay. Stuff yeah. like that. So they would, they would help each other like climb up obstacles and things like that. And I feel like when you're doing, you know, uh, spelunking or going through these ancient ruins, having each other to help boost each other up and pull, you know, the other up would be beneficial for them both. That for sure. It would, it could definitely save time instead of having to do like a long track around, but it, it could be a really interesting dynamic with them. Yeah, I could, I can agree with that a hundred percent. I do think that there could be a lot, a lot of good stories to tell between Drake and Lara. Oh yeah. And I, I Sony take notes. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the crossover movie of the century is in your possession. I mean, I think you both, I think they distribute both, right? Uh, THQ owns. No, the movie, uh, the movie, the movies. Oh. Um, I think I Sony think distributes both. Was... They, they would have to because Tomb Raider is um... I don't know if it was Columbia. But I mean, it would still have to be a subsidiary of Sony because um, Naughty Dog is Uncharted, I think. Yes. Um, uh, it was Warner Brothers that did the, the recent tomb raider movie it, yeah it wasn't sony oh, um that's a bummer and they probably have the franchise license currently um the let's see just out of curiosity what was the angelina jolie one it was paramount so uh -huh. two different studios or three if you consider sony that's three different studios completely so yeah licensing would be a big issue with those yeah. Well, Sony has a new history re of recent years with making agreements with other larger scale companies and making higher quality content. I think that there is something to be said that if they were to put these two franchises together, there very well could be something oh, fantastic there. Yeah. Even if it is a film. Definitely. Or maybe even a miniseries. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like an HBO Max miniseries or something. I'm, Since Warner Brothers owns it. Yeah, uh, owns currently, or at least the recent movie of uh, Tomb Raider. So if they could just get a licensing agreement mm. with Sony, or I think technically it'd be Columbia Pictures, um, they could work something out with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll have to just hope for the best. Um, okay, so 
I think that's good. Uh, I, I think that we have a really solid idea of what a game and a movie could look like for oh, yeah. those two characters. And I think that'd be a lot Actually, of fun. They, they could start um, so, out how we had our battle and then they team up from there. Ooh, go from enemies to frenemies. Take notes. Okay, so I guess now we should find out who do you think would win? Or who do you think won, rather? Oh, you already know. Laura, easily. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I Despite my representation of Drake, I do kind of favor Laura in this situation. I feel like she, even though he's got his indomitable, indomitable will and his very somehow extraordinary luck, I do think that he would somehow manage to fall. And I actually did a poll on this on Instagram. So when I put up the Drake versus uh, Croft poll online, I got uh, four for Drake and seven for Croft on Instagram. Uh, So almost twice as many people voted for Lara Croft as they did for Nathan Drake on Instagram. And you all did well. (laughs) Yes. You, you all made the right choice according to Dean. Uh, However, uh, in the case of TikTok, let's see what they said for TikTok. We got, uh, and it was 17 for Drake and 10 for Croft. Hmm. Okay. So it is even between the two platforms. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a 63 fifties, uh, 63 on, on TikTok, which I think it's a fairly even trade-off on both sides. I mean, it seems like TikTok favored Nathan Drake and Instagram favored Lara Croft, but that doesn't matter because the real matter is a matter of who actually won according to Cortex. So, Cortex is back with the results, and the winner between Nathan Drake and Lara Croft is... Lara Croft. Woohoo, let's go. And boy, oh boy, it was not fucking close at all. <laughs> Holy oh, really? shit. Uh, according to Cortex... Lara Croft wins 711 out of the 1,000 fights against Nathan Drake. Wow. That's 71.1% of the fights. Uh, (laughs) So, good God. That was a blowout. That's impressive. It was a blowout. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get fucking steamrolled. (laughs) Or or get good noob. So, uh, from the looks of it, it really came down to Lara having pretty much everything, just a little bit of a leg over um, Nathan Drake. I mean, they were both equal in strength and range, and that's where no they harm. were. That's where that was it. Everything else, uh, Lara actually had over uh, Drake by it, just a little bit, but a little bit is just enough. So. Sorry for all you men out there that were hoping that uh, Nathan was going to take this one. <laughs> Didn't happen for you, sorry. But all of you men who are excited about triangle tits, you better be excited <sighs> now. <laughs> Good God, man. If anyone doesn't know that reference, just look up any vi- any image of Lara Croft from the 1990s and early 2000s Tomb Raider games. It is... Yeah, just Lara Croft PS1. It it, it brings new meaning to polygonomy. <laughs> I, I tried to make it work. So yeah, that's it for episode one of Console Combat. Uh, Lara Croft advances in our tournament uh, and... I don't think I hate the idea. I think she's a good start to the uh, to the first tournament for this, or to the first uh, yeah, to the first tournament overall. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm very happy with this W. Yeah, I bet you are, you dirty bastard. It's all downhill from here. Yes, it is. Uh, and so, with our battle and results uh, in the past, so on episode two of Console Combat, you guys are going to get Agent Forty Seven. Versus Ezio Auditor. That is right. Mamma mia. That's right. Hitman versus uh, Assassin's Creed. 
two very, very well-known and reputable assassins in significantly different time periods. Um, so next time on Console Combat, you guys are going to be getting genetically altered assassin Agent 47 of Hitman versus natural assassin Ezio Auditor from Assassin's Creed. I look forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a, a lot of a lot of sly, mischievous things that are going to happen, and I think that it'll, it'll be a good time. So don't forget to check that out. Uh, also, you can find us on social media. I do have some social media set up now. You can find us on Instagram at Console Combat Podcast and on TikTok also at Console Combat Podcast. I am John. That is Dean. I am Dean. And we are the newest members of the Dynamite Network. Uh, featuring also is the Max Destruction Podcast. Great friends of the show, Ken and Dustin. And also Senjo World. Great, great friend of the show, Zach. And our proprietors and hosts, the Dynamic Duel Podcast, Marvel vs. DC. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Jonathan and Joseph. Uh, we will not squander it. We will not... At all. At all. We will bring the greatest video game characters to your ears, and you will hear how they would actually fight, as narrated by myself and Dean. <laughs> yeah, in our opinions. Yes, uh, in, our, in our opinions. Uh, and Cortex handles the legwork. So, until next time, gamers. And don't forget to save regularly on your Bethesda games. <laughs> uh, uh, or, uh, don't forget to collect all the ink ribbons along the way. Okay, uh, until next time, stay nerdy, gamers. And remember, no pre-orders. <laughs> <laughs>